0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Student of the Gun University, a place for education and enlightenment. We help you gain a new perspective in understanding the firearms training. Your teacher today will be Professor Paul Markle, a veteran small arms and tactics instructor with 30 years of knowledge and experience. Grab your number two pencil, turn to page one, and let the learning begin. All right, thank you very much, Johnny. It is time for a brand new Student of the Gun University podcast episode. Looks like we're on 041. Clean your freaking guns. Clean your guns. Yes, I know. Believe it or not, I know in our modern world, we think that there should be an iPhone app to fix everything for us uh, or that everything should be instant and easy and convenient. The fact of the matter is sometimes you need to clean your freaking guns. Firearms are simple machines. We've said this for literally, not figuratively, literally years and years. Firearms are simple machines. They have levers and springs and they have slides. They have reciprocating slides and bolts and actions that run back and forth on each other. And how do machines run the best? Simple machines run the best when they're clean and properly lubricated, right? So let's talk just a little bit about firearms maintenance and cleaning and so forth. Frog Lube is back as an official sponsor of Student of the Gun, so it's a good time to discuss firearms maintenance and cleaning. Yes, indeed. Well, first and foremost, uh, you need to uh, make sure that there is lubrication on every metal part if metal is going to be sliding against metal the the ubiquitous 1911 slide frame lockup right so you have a steel frame sliding back and forth on a steel or a steel slide sliding back and forth reciprocating on a steel slide Or let's say you've got a a G19 or a G17. You've got a G-lock. You take it apart and you have, obviously, a steel slide and rails milled into that slide. And then in the frame, you've got a polymer frame, but the steel slide doesn't slide back and forth on plastic, does it? No. There's Actually, there are uh, guides. There are steel slide guides, rails... And you want to make sure that uh, when those things are running back and forth against each other, when metal is sliding or moving against metal, there needs to be lubrication in there. Uh, You don't believe me? Drain all the oil out of your truck. Turn it on and run it for a while. Tell me how it performs. (laughs) You're like, it'll blow up. You're like, no kidding? Why? It's just oil. It's not that important. Mm, Yes, it actually is important because you have metal sliding against metal. And when metal is sliding against metal, you need to have some type of lubrication between those two surfaces. Pretty simple, right? What about the other stuff? What about the moving parts? What about the hinges and springs and levers and all that stuff? You don't want to put too much. And when I say too much, yeah, back in the olden days when I was in the Marine Corps, we were taught the difference between light application and a heavy application. A light application means if you hold it up and you hold it in the light, you can see it, right? A heavy application means that you can actually touch it, right? Uh, So it's a drop of oil. If a drop of oil is sitting there and you can see that drop and touch it with your finger, okay, that's heavy. If you were to shake it, it would fall off and roll off or whatever. That's a heavy coating. A light coating is when you put it on there, then take a, a damp, not a damp cloth, a, a soft cloth, right, and wipe over it, right? You just allow the lubrication to get into the pores of the metal. Now, obviously, polymer doesn't need lubrication, and aluminium does not need lubrication, but any ferrous metal any steel, ferrous metal, uh, needs some, needs a light coat. For instance, then M16 or an M4, the barrel is steel. Now, it has a coating on it, uh, depending on the manufacturer. I mean, if it's mil-spec, it'll be parkerized or what have you. If it's, it's standard commercial, it might be blued or what have you. Man, um, yeah, you're probably not going to get really blued steel M4s now. But the fact of the matter is, is that is ferrous metal, and it can rust. And where you're going to see rust is generally not on the main parts of the gun, but you're going to see rust on the the small parts, on the safety levers, on the screw, on the butt screws. Uh, that's one of the places on the M16A2 that was often neglected, and if there was going to be rust, you could just flip that thing over, look at the butt screws. And the butt screws would have rust on them. Why? Because we neglect them. We don't think about them. And it's not a big, you know, it's not something that, and of course, if there's some rust on the butt screws that going to keep the gun from functioning, no, it's not going to keep it from functioning, but it is going to make, uh, for, uh, if you're a private or a PFC, it's going to make for a bad day for you when a sergeant or a staff sergeant or a gunnery sergeant finds rust on your butt screws. You don't want to do that. uh, on many uh, aftermarket sites for G Now, the, the Glock has a what they call it, it's a proprietary tenifer finish, super crazy rust resistant finish, right? But most Glocks or half the Glocks or whatever come with these cheap, crappy plastic sites. So, what do we do? We knock those cheap, crappy plastic sites out and we replace them with actual steel sites. Now, these sights, depending on where they came from, uh, can rust. Yes. You mean I should put lube on my sights? Well, if they're made of, of steel, yeah. You might want to put a light coat, not a heavy coat, but a light coat of lubrication on there. Also, things like M4s. M4s or uh, or AKs, anything that has a, a bolt, a rotating bolt, If you've got a rotating bolt, what is the bolt sitting in? Well, you've got the bolt and you've got a bolt carrier group depending and they're different, you know. The the FN and the AK and the AR, the M16, whatever, the bolt carriers are all different, but they function in a similar fashion. You have a rotating bolt that's in there, and it's going to be moving as the action opens and closes. And you want to make sure that there is lubrication. In that bolt, around that bolt, uh, inside of that gun. Now, a lot of lube, heavy lube, is not a good idea, especially internally, because what happens with lube, it, lube will attract dust and lint. Lint from, you know, if, if you are wearing a G Lock, if you're wearing a gun every single day, if you have a pocket gun, if you've got a pocket gun and you haven't taken it apart in a couple of months, I think you should do that and you're probably going to be sickened by the amount of lint and dust that's inside of your gun. You're like, how did that happen? It's just in my pocket. Mm-hmm, yep. Uh, if you're carrying a gun in a concealed carry holster every single day, and you haven't taken it apart and cleaned it in a while, take it apart. Look inside. You're like, holy cow, how did all this funk and nasty get in here? I just wear it in a holster on my body all the time. I don't roll around in the dirt or the grass or whatever. I haven't been in the field, in the desert, in the jungle, no. But uh, that happens. And if you have a heavy amount of oil, a heavy amount of lubrication on that, what will happen is the the dust, the lint, the, the grit that will attach itself to that. And it will build up and gunk up. So you want to make sure, yes, indeed, that you have lubrication on any ferrous metal. A light coat, you put it on there, and then you wipe it off with a rag. You just wipe it all around and allow it to get into the pores of the metal. Uh, if you have an area where steel is going to be riding against steel, such as in a handgun, a reciprocating slide handgun, you got the slide riding back and forth on the rails you need to make sure there's lubrication on those rails if you've got a uh, rotating bolt gun like an AR15 or an AK or what have you you need to have some lubrication on that bolt because the bolt is riding against steel you don't want dry steel rubbing against dry steel now you don't want crazy amounts of on there you don't want it shouldn't be dripping off of the gun. Uh, if, you, if it's dripping off of the gun, take a rag and wipe it down. You do not need to lubricate <laughs> plastic stocks and plastic grips. You probably should avoid lubricating plastic stocks and plastic grips. Um, if you get some lube on the aluminum receiver of your AR, it's not a big deal. No one's going to die. You know, it's, it's okay. If you can, just wipe it with a rag, some people are like, oh, you should never put, you know, it's like, it's, it's not going to hurt anything. It's not going to hurt anything. <laughs> just wipe it down with a rag, man. Wipe it down with a rag. How often should you clean your guns? Great question. How much do you shoot them? How much do you carry them? There are people who say, well, this is my concealed carry gun, and I've trained with it, and I and I went to, you know, I, I took my concealed carry class, and I passed, and I got my certificate. So I don't really shoot it a lot. I just carry it a lot. And so I don't need to clean it because I haven't shot it in months. Hmm. Here's the deal. If you're carrying your gun every day like you should be, you need to clean it. You need to take it apart and inspect it because there's going to be grit and funk and dust in it, even if you haven't shot it. Even if you haven't shot it. Uh, If you do shoot it, you should clean it. Uh, Now, there's a, there's kind of a neurotic or psychotic um, cleaning habit that was instilled in military people. I don't know if this is still a thing. It probably is because the military is very slow to change. Now, a long, 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 long time ago, uh, revolutionary war, civil war, and so forth. When, when we were using loose powder when we were using actual muskets, black powder is extremely corrosive. If you shot your musket, if you fired your musket, uh, one, two, three, four times, even if you only fired it once, and then you just forgot about it and left it. When you came back, in a day or two or three or a week or whatever, or a month, it's going to be orange. It's going to be rusted. It's going to be corroded badly. And so what did, well, what did the military, what did did we realize? Like, hey, after we're done shooting them, bang, 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 the, the, the party's over, you know, the fight's over. Now we have to clean these guns. And we have to clean them thoroughly. Now, things changed a little bit. With the advent of the cartridge, but the original cartridges still had black powder or smoke-producing powder, and they were corrosive. The powder when when you see cowboy guns, man, when you see the old Western, now you don't see live stuff because we didn't have movies back then, but uh, you know the old cowboy guns produced a lot of smoke. Why? Because they were using black powder. They were using black. Powder cartridges. So even though they were using a cartridge, not loose powder, they still needed to keep those guns clean because otherwise they were going to rust. They were going to rust. Well, with the advent of smokeless powder, the powder was no longer corrosive. Ha! But however, the primers were. Now the, the a corrosive primer is not like black powder. Yeah, you know, some people are like, "Oh my gosh, a corrosive, a corrosive primer! Oh my gosh, it's gonna, it's gonna destroy the barrel! It's gonna ruin the gun!" Here's the deal: your great grandfather and your grandfather. All right, if you have relatives that fought in World War One, World War Two, and Korea, they were using corrosive primer ammunition all during Korea, all during World War Two, and World War One what? Yeah. You know, the Garands, the Tommy guns, the grease guns, you know, they were all running on ammo that used corrosive primers. Now, the corrosive primer, it gets a bad rap, but it's extremely reliable and corrosive primers can be stored for decades, decades and decades and and stay good. That's why they did it. Because they needed, they're like, we're going to build all this ammo. We're going to put it in warehouses. And when we pull it out in 15 years, we need it to work. We have to you know, we have to make sure that this stuff works because it's kind of a waste. Uh, we wouldn't want to spend all this money making ammunition. Then we go pull it off the shelf in 10 years and it doesn't work because the primers are dead. Corrosive primer ammo is not necessarily a bad thing. How, well, you're like, well, what do I have to do if I have corrosive primer ammo? Just punch the bore of your gun and scrape the the bolt, uh, you know, clean, just clean your gun once in a while, you know, lube the bore, run a patch, run a brush, put some lube on, on your, some cleaner, some lube on your, the bore brush, run it through a few times, then take a patch, run the patch through a couple of times until it comes out clean, not dirty anymore. And then when you've done it, Put a little bit of lube on a patch, run it through, boom. Bob's your uncle, you're good to go. There you go. So ladies and gentlemen, my advice to you as a student of the gun is this. Every once in a while, you need to disassemble that thing and you need to to brush out the lint, the grit, the dirt, the funk, even if you haven't shot the gun. I'm telling you, if you've been carrying the gun around on your hip for a month, two months, six months, and haven't shot it, it's dirty it can't be dirty i haven't shot it and i cleaned it after i shot it last time i put it back in the holster and it's been six months it should be good nope guarantee you it's going to have funk and grit and nastiness inside of it clean that crap out of there um and the it boils down to this if steel is rubbing against steel it needs to have lubrication on it if the metal is ferrous it means it's hard metal and steel uh, and can rust. It needs to have a light application of lube on it. There you go. All right, and if you want to support our good friends at Frog Lube, go to studentofthegun.com slash frog lube. Uh, the links in the show notes, or you can just go to froglube.com, and when you check out, use the promo code S-O-T-G. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't, too bad. Come back again later. <laughs> I am your host, Paul Markle. Talk to you again real soon. Thanks for joining us today. We are big fans of the value for value model. Please go to SOTGU.com to contribute the amount that best fits the value that you got out of this lesson. It could be $5 or $5 million. By contributing, you will help the show grow and assist in the education of your peers. And remember, you are a beginner once, a student for life.